0: You're listening to the League of Ordinary Gentlemen podcast with your hosts Brent and Angelo. This is episode seventy for your favorite podcast. In mind, blind spots and biases. Angelo, how are you this week?
1: I'm I'm good. Uh, You know, this is our second take at this. I was really enjoying you trying to say. Blind spots and biases. We should have picked an easier.
0: Yeah, that uh, was a little bit okay. much for me today. Like on on a, uh, a Sunday morning, um, too much for me to handle.
1: Yeah, I got to say, you know, I was uh, yesterday. I was doing really well in the afternoon, and then I woke up oh, yeah. this morning and not doing as well. But we'll talk about uh, that. How are you doing?
0: I am chugging along. Let's just say that yeah. personally, doing great. Pool so, wise, this, yeah. not some, ag- not so great.
1: Yeah, you're not gonna like this podcast. I, I am <laughs> you've previewed it, you will not like this podcast. Yeah, I
0: don't like I don't like what I see. All I see is just for just so to give you to give our listeners a visualization here, there's a lot of data, a lot of tables, um not as many as I would say as our past analytics episode. But um, I'm already overwhelmed looking at the amount of uh, spreadsheets and numbers and colors that are associated with this episode that um, I'm um, on the verge of crying.
1: It's going to be a good one. So our main topic today is uh, we've looked through every single uh, season in ESPN Luke history. And I've gone through and I've categorized every manager, um, every category, and where they placed in every category over those years to see if there is a blind spot. Are there areas where managers simply don't draft or trade or pick up, and are there managers uh, that focus a little bit too much on a few categories? So It'll be an interesting one because we get to talk about all 12 guys today, Uh, but before we do that, we're gonna to have to do our winners and losers um, before yeah. we do that. You know, this week we kind of exchanged. I actually, could, you know, in in a moment of clarity, asked you why you're even friends with me after going through some <laughs> of the workplace stuff we've been through. So we're gonna talk a little bit. Oh yeah, here, that was good. you are away from the pool, but talk about a couple of things that that I've done to you that really. Uh, I, I guess I'm. I'm this is a uh, my COVID reckoning. I I want to apologize to you. But first, let's do NHL news and yeah. this week, let's focus on on goalies. And uh, we need to start. Uh, with my boy, uh, Bennington, who let in a lot of goals last night, but he left the game uh, in a fairly spirited uh, way. Did you have a chance to see that? He,
0: um, this I think this was a, 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 the little dog big dog syndrome. That he was so angry that he went up to Dubnik and then realized this guy's probably twice the size of me. And kind of barked at him, and then skated off. And and I don't think he wanted any part of of Dubnik.
1: Well, before yeah. Well, before that, he actually did a kind of a fake attack on Carlson, and then he actually there was someone even before that yeah. at the San Jose bench. So he was not
0: he was not uh, doing was,
1: well. No, no, and and uh, you know, unfortunately, none of that behavior uh, really helped me in the pool with his stats. But I do enjoy. Uh, His spirit in his first few days uh, in the League of Ordinary Gentlemen. I I will say that his statistically not been good for me. But then when we look at the other side of the trade that happened uh, between Doug and I, um, you know, Carey Price, what's going on with him as well as we continue to talk about goalies in this NHL Newsweek?
0: Yeah, this is it's it's you know, when you look at you know Biddington's stats, you know there, he's got two six uh, six goals against and a nine oh eight save percent average, and he got shelled last night. I I just think this kind of a season, these kind of scenarios are taking a little bit of a luster off of his whole you know um, team Canada possibility piece. Like he's not he's not playing to the goalie he is. It doesn't it. I won't say he looks like a flash in the pan, but he's struggling, especially kind of going into that type of uh, um, a timeline. Kind of, you know, when you know the talk is about Team Canada, I I don't see him matching up.
1: Well, he's uh, you know, he's my boy now, but uh, and I do have to say the only reason I would trade for him is because he's twenty five dollars. So it's that whole True, keeper, yeah. keeper piece. Um, but uh, you know, it's quite possible too that we're seeing the starting goalie for. Uh, the Seattle Kraken play right now. And Jordan Bennington could be there next year. So, yeah, really interesting to watch uh, how that progresses for uh, the rest of the year. Uh, But, again, going back to Carey Price, um, you know, I would hesitate to say that he's going to lose the number one job to Jake Allen. He's going to, yeah. But I think he might lose that number one job because Montreal is in win now. They fired their coach. They uh, Bergevin knows his job is on the line now, so he made the coaching change. The next guy to go is him, and he knows it. Um, and he signed Carey Price to that massive, uh, you know, eighty million dollar deal or whatever it was, you know. Yep. And it's starting to look like you know Carey Price and uh, Bobrovsky are they both going to be battling out for the worst goalie contract in the NHL soon, which is shocking. And and going to your Olympic piece, uh, how do you pick a Carey Price for the twenty twenty two Olympics when he's playing the way he's playing?
0: Well, absolutely. So again, put this into context. Um, both Allen and Price are on on Bowlby's team that's a benefit because now he can kind of play off that, right? Because And we've talked about in the past the whole idea of, of having having the backup, but now it does. Like, as you said, the backup looks like it's going to be Price. Uh, Allen has eight starts, and his numbers are actually really good, right? Mm-hmm. In his eight starts, he's 2-12 goals against, and a 9 save percentage compared to Price's 12 starts and a three thirteen goals against and an eight eighty eight um save percentage. And, and, and I just don't see him not being at least um, overlooked for the next, you know, three, four kind of games in, in favor for Allen. Montreal is a mess uh, right now. Uh, they've got to be doing something in order to get uh, that team going. And, um, you know, some of it falls onto Price for sure but uh, uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe it's trade time uh, for Montreal. Who knows?
1: Yeah, who knows? Well, and and you know, like the whole theme of today is blind spots and biases, but how if you're picking uh, Canada's Olympic team, assuming again that COVID That's is right. done and there is something called the Olympics next year, yeah. how can you overlook Marc-Andre Fleury? Like right now, Marc-Andre Fleury outpaces uh, yeah. Terry Price in every single statistical category. And Montreal, you can say they're a weaker team than Vegas, but Montreal was supposed to have one of the strongest defensive cores in the entire league so how can you discount what Marc-Andre Fleury has done
0: the guy's a stud 159 goals against 941 save percent average over 12 games starts Um, clearly the number one there Um, and he's put up three shutouts so any conversation about at this point about team Canada has to have Marc-Andre Fleury in it the fact, again, it comes back to this guy proves everybody wrong all the time in terms of, of his value in the league and in fantasy hockey. I think Gibby has figured that one out, obviously, with keeping him. But um, I don't see him slowing down anytime soon.
1: So let's look at goalies to, to wrap this up for the week. I, I'm looking at right now our uh, our ranking, our goalie ranking, uh, so far this season. And the top four, well, Marc-Andre Fleury is surprising because of of uh, Leonard, But Marc-Andre Fleury has been typically a top 10 goalie in the league. Vasilevsky sure. at number two is not at all surprising. Varlamov, uh, yeah, surprising. But again, he's um, he's on the Barry Trost defensive team. Uh, Grubauer, one of the best teams in the NHL. But then we start looking, and it's just crazy. So Mike Smith, really, in the Canadian division, ranking fifth. Brian Elliott, absolutely schooling yeah. Carter Hart uh, in net. So Smith was supposed to be a backup. Elliott was supposed to be a backup. Fleury was supposed to be a backup. Morazic's been hurt forever. He still has the number seven ranking for some reason. Uh, but then we skip down and Jack Campbell is outpacing uh, mm-hmm. Anderson in and Toronto. What,
0: what a game he had last night. And, and the yeah. fact that uh, Bowlby had him on the bench, uh, yeah. I am sure um, he's crying a little bit this morning. And the fact that you, in a very insensitive way, just reminded him that he had benched bench campbell so okay
1: can i as we wrap this up um (laughs) can i just say what i did i um i texted mike this week after david riddich got the shutout again oh that was a
0: good one yeah yeah i I
1: texted him the next morning i said that nice bonus shutout by riddich pretending like i didn't know he had benched him yeah Yeah. oh that felt so good
0: that's that's great that's good stuff when that happens right so but yeah coming back to uh, our focus on goalies You know when we look at this kind of you know basically there's no real surprise with you know varlamov and well maybe varlamov is a bit of a surprise but but uh, grubauer uh, grubauer and and, but smith elliott you know gibson gibson in uh in 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 at this playing at this level it's 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 pretty amazing to see i think it's definitely been a wacky year in the league for goalies so far um I think, you know, you throw the curveball of, of COVID all in there, the shortened season, everything's compressed. It, you, you're you're having some big surprises here for sure. Um, like Subban, didn't Subban get a shutout the other night or something? He did. Like that? I know, yeah. it's crazy. I, I mean, it's just what is going on? And yeah. I don't know. Anyways. All right, so listen. No idea what's going on.
1: We need to talk about something. You and I texted a bit about this uh, this week because I uh, I want to keep the podcast going. uh, You know, for for as long as we possibly can, and and I'm just afraid that there's been a buildup with COVID and everything. Everyone's more stressed out, and you and I were reminiscing a little bit about how uh, some of the things I've done to you over the years uh, at work, and we may have talked about this previously in a podcast, but I think now as we're Mm -hmm. hopefully we're coming out of a, a winter everyone's cranky uh, and today's episode is is really going to be not good for you. No. Um, I thought maybe we would reminisce about a couple of stories that happened um, at work that, yeah. that affected you. So, uh, are you open to talking about these things? Maybe airing yeah, out our grievances.
0: Yeah, like it's 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 time. It's time to kind of move beyond it. I, I've i I've harbored like uh, a lot of resentment and ill will to, towards you over the years because of these things. Not just kidding. This is the things you used to do to me. Um, uh, was funny,
1: <laughs> but, but in, these in, are not in, so. Yeah, the the first cell, this, I day. had no
0: clue. This is the best part of it. I would walk into it like like a big doofus, doty doty do, and wondered what is going on. and anyways, tell t- you got to tell them first about. I think the field the field trip debacle has to go first because that's well, kind of yeah, tying oh, up.
1: So, it, um, this one was really actually very serious. We're not talking about minor things like I'm not like stealing your pens and stuff. This one was very uh, very serious. So what happened was. Um, You have to have one supervisor for every 20 students. We'll give our listeners who aren't teachers a little background. So I was doing a field trip. I organized the whole thing. I had more students than I could supervise. So I said, why don't you come along on the trip? And that was the extent that you knew that on a certain day you you were going to Toronto with me. That was it. That's Mm -hmm. all you knew, right? And you agreed. And that was it. I did all the paperwork, everything. So uh, another uh, piece of uh, law in Ontario is a bus driver can only be on the road for 14 hours. So we were going, I think, to a Raptors game or something or a a Blue Jays game or there was Mm -hmm. something going on. And we were going to be uh, quite late coming back. So when you do that, you work backwards and you leave later in the day. So we had to leave at 10 o'clock in the morning. School would have been on for two hours. So I told my students just... You can sleep in because we're going to be gone the whole day. You're signed out. You're doing a school activity. Have your parents drop you off for 10 o'clock. And we're going to leave on the field trip. And a lot of these kids ended up showing up for school. And instead of going to their class in the morning, they went to the local McDonald's in the Walmart. And our vice principal happened to be there and said, how come you guys aren't in class? And they said, well, Mr. True, I said we didn't have to be in class. Well, You know, doesn't she maybe potentially overreact a little bit? I don't know, but she calls the superintendent, who then um, it causes us to have a very serious meeting Mm -hmm. with the principal and the vice principal. Potential for us being written up for, um, you know, whatever. Anyways, so you, this is completely unbeknownst to you.
0: Yeah, I had no idea that any of this had going on, had happened, had that you had communicated absolute any of this to these kids i just you know because i was I, I i showed up taught my class and then then we were going to go at after my class so i'm like again doty do
1: yes so then uh a few days later you are called into this really serious meeting union representation we're in a lot of trouble and you actually have... i didn't even
0: know it was serious until i got in the in the office
1: that's right. Because you just said
0: you just said, "Oh, you got to come with me on this for a 2nd I'm like, "Okay."
1: Yes, and then and then, really, the best part of this is that no point in this whole process did I step up and say, uh, <laughs> "Brent actually should be excused from this meeting." I made you take yeah. all of the bullets, yeah. with me, which then led to you changing your uh, lube <laughs> name to uh john Connolly yeah yeah
0: yeah that's Bolton, right. whatever
1: that guy was the guy who took the bullet with jfk oh, that day. Yeah, that's
0: right that's right yeah that and and that how, that's a little bit of loog lore there came out of that so yeah it it didn't change our relationship i did think it was kind of funny that you kept me in the dark on all of that and that i really had absolutely nothing to do with it in any way um but that wasn't really like the first and only time like you've also um signed me up for pd that i had absolutely basically signed me up for pd got me a supply teacher somehow through and then i show up to work and there's somebody in my classroom ready to do a like and i had no clue and then oh no you you've got to go to this pd with angelo kind of thing uh, the I, I and that's not that that's not like one time kind of deal you've done that no oh no there's time. the
1: one time we were having lunch this will be the <laughs> last one we'll do then we'll go on but then we were having lunch yeah. I think it might have just been you and I in the lunchroom um you remember people used to put signs on the bathroom doors for us that we were losers for talking about the pool all the time like our oh yeah family. yeah
0: yeah we won't mention who those people were but yes they used yeah, to yeah but I' got a phone
1: day. call I got page so I answer the phone it's just me and you and all you can you can just hear that I'm answering a question and that A spot has been opened up to go to the board office for some professional development. So I say Brent would love this. He would really, (laughs) really enjoy this. And you're waving your arms no for me not to volunteer you. And I went ahead and signed you up. Yet somehow you still show up every week and shoot this podcast with me. Yeah,
0: it it, it makes things interesting and fun. It's the same thing like – we, none of this is obviously rehearsed despite the fact that how seamless and clean and professional this podcast sounds, none of this is ever really rehearsed in any way. So it's always the excitement of getting into a situation with you and seeing what is going to come out of it. So that's the fun piece. So. Which I've will then elements
1: obviously...
0: of, yeah. I've taken elements of, 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 uh, um, uh, of, of, and that toned down elements of, of you into, into my new role here as well. And, and people are starting to slowly get used to it too. So,
1: well, that's good because what they say is the, the bullied become the bullies, right? So I'm glad this <laughs> right. is good. Let's keep it going. So uh, let's get into now, let's get back to our pool, uh, yeah. winners and losers before we get into our main topic. Um, you know, some, some fairly, really uh, most of the changes were fairly manageable Except for one, which was like a nuclear bomb, in the minus category. So one manager had just a horrific three or four days. Everyone else, some good, um, some good gains. Um, you know, let's talk about Hennessy first because you know he's had a tough time, but he yeah. goes plus ten. He's our top winner for the week, which is awesome. And this uh, is
0: nice to see with him because he dropped eight and a half last week, so he's made up that loss and then some a little bit. So he's still sitting pretty back at one hundred twenty and a half points um from last week he was at 115 so he's he he is definitely this week's top winner
1: yeah so plus 10 which is awesome he's at 58.5 fun fact he's only 11 points away from you um but Hennessy, he moves into 11th see i can't help it i i honestly yeah, you know I, you, you, yeah. a, I don't have a sheet of paper here with no. like no, things no, to say to it at all. It just it it happens that's right and, I even made that New Year's resolution one year to be nicer to you.
0: Yeah, but uh, you, no one believes it, right? So eat
1: less, exercise more, be nicer to Brent. Three things I try to do <laughs> every year. Right? <laughs> All right, so Hennessy, congratulations! He's our biggest winner. Yeah, huge. Uh, and then we go to the big boys, right? Who's oh, number nah. two this week?
0: It's Gibby. Like you look at Aiden, and he has. Gained uh, a, a nice jump here of seven and a half uh, this week, and the nice thing about his team, he can be kind of understood as being Mister Consistent in the pool. He's really not on the loser side, and if he is, it's 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 a blip. So yeah. he, here he is. Like I think the last time he was on the loser side was week two. Is that right? I think so. It's yeah, week two, well, and with um, with his uh, uh, BFF um, Warm. So when we when we look at him and his jump of seven and a half points over last week, he is firmly in number two now, right position, only seven points out. Can we be seeing a changing of the guard at the very top of the league for next week? I don't know, but with a jump of seven and a half points, it's wonderful to see the third biggest winner. Um, jumped five and a half points this week.
1: Well, Heisenberg was, um, he was actually up to 130 points. And then something happened yesterday uh, or the day before because he was actually blowing it out of the, uh, I think he was at 129 or 130 at some point yesterday. I was texting with Mike saying he's on the verge of like going after that record of 141 points in a year. So there's some really close categories, but he still comes out on top, even with that drop yesterday, plus 5.5 uh, to maintain that seven-point lead at the top. And um, since week one, we've had only one person ranked first, and it's Heisenberg. Is he going to be our first manager ever to go uh, start to finish in first?
0: I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I just realized I got Hennessy and, and Heisenberg mixed up um, uh, at the, the, the beginning, so I do apologize for that. But
1: Were you talking about Heisenberg when you meant to be talking about Hennessy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no one knew. I didn't even notice.
0: Yeah, that good. So don't play such, this back we,
1: then. We speak in such generic terms yeah. that really we could be we talking about anyone. There's really nothing specific we're saying here. No,
0: nothing and absolutely nothing of value as well.
1: But on that uh, point, how about Heisenberg?
0: Heisenberg could be the first manager uh to go uh uh post to post on this. I don't know. My my guess, my guess is is uh Gibby's got something up his sleeve, may have a deal kind of going on in the side. He, I think he has to do something in order to to make that final push through, but we'll see. All I know is it's things are heating up. It's getting pretty exciting. We've got a tie for third as well um, at 104 between PMF and, and, well, it's not the Raccoons anymore, is it? It's some, like, Subban kind of name.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't change the names because then I can't keep track of who. So Nick in a box, he can change it to... Saban Sickos, yeah. Whatever, Saban Sickos, it doesn't matter. Okay, so let's, uh, speaking of Sickos, um, this (laughs) is not a Sicko, but this would make one sick. Uh, Mike goes minus 20.5. You hear that right? Minus 20.5. Loses um, 25% of his points in one week.
0: This is incredible. So when you think about it, of a week seven loss, so seven weeks into the pool to have th- these these are changes you'd expect like week one, week two kind of thing, right? So we look back at, you know, week one, uh, sorry week two, <coughs> excuse me, Hennessy lost forty seven and a half points. You know, week three, Zoltok lost twenty and a half points, and then it kind of s- starts settling down a little bit. Then you start looking at these like this is a monumental loss for 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 Mike at this point. Um he's struggling, right? He is, he is he he was in second place last week and now he is sitting in sixth.
1: With uh yeah, with ninety-one point five points. Uh you know, and he had even dropped down into eighty-nine points, I yeah. think. So th- that's a tough one. But again, it also goes to show you there are some really tight categories, and you can move up four or five slots in one category. Yeah. Um, still in this pool.
0: Well, so- we had a lot of shutouts the other night, right? There was a yeah, lot of shutouts in the league, and that changed the face of of the standings pretty quickly. Um, my my guess here is that Mike is um, this is really hurting him on a personal level because uh, he you know was you know puffing his chest out west uh, for week six. I don't know if uh, he can come back He's from this. Sad. Of loss. I He's I don't know if he can rebound.
1: He is so sad right now.
0: <laughs> he is a sad man.
1: All right. Uh, second biggest loser. Uh, you can do this.
0: Yeah, it's you, uh, the Patriots. You're sitting now with a six-point drop. And that's a significant drop too, right? A six-point drop over last week. Uh, you are now sitting at 92.5. So all the gains. You had a six-point jump last week. Okay. So all the gains and you were on that winter side last week. So you could see how volatile your season's happening. You know, you're a winner one week, you're a loser the other week. And I don't, you know, coming back, you were also a loser in week five. Um, you were a loser in week two. Easy. Um, these are, these are things that I think is, is, is kind of symptomatic of your season here. Right. And, and, and you are, you are struggling. You're, you, you're, any gains that you're making you're losing the next week. I don't know uh, if you can money this, this year. I don't, it's, I actually uh, don't think so. it's It's
1: going to be tough. You know, I've got a good, I do like my team. I really, when I look at my team now, I'm, I'm happy with it. Yeah. And I do make, uh, I, I don't know if other people are like this, but my, my jumps at any minute can be very significant and my drops can be very significant. So I, you know, I can look tonight and I might be 99.5 points. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's just so crazy. And it's, I, I think it's kind of that assist points in that whole category area. Yep. I'm, I'm really close with a bunch of other guys, and on any given night, I can jump or I can fall by by several. So I'm okay. Listen, I've um, the reason why I drive such nice cars is because of this pool. If I don't money this year, uh, I can I can extend driving my 2012 Hyundai Elantra for one extra year.
0: And that's there we go. I'm I, I'm I'm uh, mine is a 2004 Volkswagen Jetta. Very it's nice, still going. Yeah, yeah. Classic.
1: nice now i feel bad our last loser i yeah, i, I this almost is, uh, we can't, yeah, get him. can't he's get him. struggling he yep. is
0: struggling this season uh that's gump uh he's he right now he's at 40 40 points right on right on the button a drop of 4.5 points uh the supremes had a drop of eight points last uh last week as well so things are not looking good for the cutlass supremes uh this year are they
1: it's not no he's not a Cutlass Supreme. He's a an Osmobile Aero Chevy Vega. That's what it is. A Ford Pinto.
0: Yeah.
1: But anyways, I I hope he has some success. I yeah. I no, I have actually never been actually in that position. I was about to say I've been in that position but I haven't. Um I have. Yeah. And it's, you and, know what?
0: And it's and it's tough because you know, I've been Basically, from from the opening of a season to the end of the season, and in, I'm sure the next segment's going to show that. So, might as well get it out on the table now from in in the basement. And the fun happens um, with the deals, and it has been nice to see that Gump is still active. He's still making some deals. So he's still trying some different things out um, to try to at least get him out of uh, the toilet. So,
1: all right, let's. Uh, so that's our winners and losers, Hennessy. Uh, takes our big win this week. Gibby and Heisenberg are two and three. And on the loser side, uh, Mike takes the biggest drop of the week at minus 20.5. I'm second worst this week. And then Gump takes the bronze medal for our losers this week. And with that, let's uh, take a big jump over to our main topic blind spots. And biases. So this is a very data-rich. We can't go through every single season and every single data point. Because A, that is really boring. And B, we would be here for the next three weeks. Um, But what we're going to do is um, I've gone through everyone's from Mm -hmm. from goals through to save percentage from 2011 through to last season and then I've got a separate category for this season because we're going to do some comparables Um, and full disclosure this is Friday's stats so it doesn't include yesterday's stats so it might be off a a tad here or there but it's fairly accurate Um, and we're going to go through each manager and see if there is uh, our categories where they really excel in every single year and categories they struggle in and then maybe based on that an ideal player Uh, That they should be targeting. Not necessarily this player, but this type of player. How does that sound?
0: It sounds great. And I think it's really timely because we are in our 10th anniversary with ESPN. Um, This this pool started in in 2010, 2011. it's, It's crazy to think about. It just actually seems like yesterday we all switched over from Yahoo. Um, because we just couldn't get the keeper piece going. They have a keeper part now. I don't see us ever leaving Kelsey and ESPN. Now that we are so familiar and and happy uh, um, with uh, with with everything that's going on. And but what a what a ten years.
1: I'll tell you. Well, it's a dysfunctional friendship, and we can't leave Kelsey now. Uh, you know, Doug sent us that screenshot this week of uh, Vasilevsky's goals against, which weren't they like 333 for the game? Yeah, it was
0: fantastic. He was he, he was over the moon.
1: Like Kelsey knows her stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's go. Um, this is in no particular order. Um, I just we just grabbed some teams and started, yeah. and but we're gonna start with the champ. We're gonna start with Heisenberg um, here, and if we look at the median, Heisenberg um, really excels in three categories. So across the ten years or so that he's been involved. Um, goal, Three big
0: categories. I would say too.
1: Goals, plus minus, and shorthanded points have been where he has really excelled. Um, what is his median points been in uh, goals, plus minus, and shorthanded points?
0: So, in goals, his he's looking at uh, at a nine median of a nine. So he's hitting there. There plus minus is ten. Shorthanded is eight and a half. Goals, like when I look at goals and shorthanded points. Um, these are really coveted, hard sometimes hard to get at categories, especially shorthanded points. And this is where Heisenberg is really excelling nicely,
1: for sure. And uh, you know he's he's ranked quite high in most years in those areas. On the flip side, um, he has no regard for goalies because his uh, median Struggles, yeah. His median score for for wins is only one point five, and yeah. his shutouts are only two point five. Um, So that's insane. When you look at the emphasis he has on his forwards and his skaters, clearly not a big emphasis on goaltending.
0: No, and and really he has one good year of goaltending, and that is coming in 2011-2012, right? Where he was 11, basically 11 across the board. He led the league in everything, uh, and he finished with 118.5 points. Wasn't his best season, right? His best season came back actually so far in 2018-2019 at 124.5 points. So he doesn't look... Um, really well, and doesn't look focus on goaltending here, but it, you know, and interestingly, hasn't translated into massive drop of points here. It's uh, uh it, it it is quite interesting. Now he did have that uh, outlying year, and I think what's dro- what's dropped him significantly is that 2014-2015 year where he was basically the the one in uh, he had a point in every single. Uh, category and he that was the, the finish with 34 and a half points which is possibly the lowest anybody's ever finished
1: yeah that wasn't a good uh, a good season for him for sure so let's get into uh the twenty 2020, twenty twenty one season this year so we said he excels in goals plus minus yeah. short-handed points and he uh, struggles in wins and shutouts mm-hmm. yep. here we go this year he's got a 12 in goals He's yeah. got 11 in plus-minus. He's got a 10.5 in shorthanded points. Again, green zone, he's totally excelling there. His red categories, he's uh, got a 1 in wins and only a 5.5 in shutout. So once again, it's showing he does have a blind spot for oh. goalies and a bias for skaters.
0: For sure. So like this, um, unlike, you know, and he's, right now he's at 127.5, not 127.5 points because this is, again, these are Friday stats, right? So we're yep. if we look at... At the standings right now, he's sitting at... Um, 120. 120. So it's, it's, he's on par to, you know, point-wise to 2018, 2019. But the difference here is he has the same percentage, the same point in win, same percentage there is one as that season but in the others in that 2018-2019 he had 10 for he was 10 for shutouts 10 for goals against that is not how things are lining up for him this year so I don't know if there's a trade that's going to be in 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 the works here to try to boost some of those categories he's clearly leading the pack uh with goals and plus minus and shorthanded points he's right up there as well I don't know if he needs to make a a move to try to boost some of these goaltending in order to actually seal the deal and win the thing.
1: All right, so here's a a summary of Blair. He covets power forwards. He loves them. McDavid, Kucherov, Matthews, that's his wheelhouse. This is where he loves to be. No time for goalies at all. Um, So if he put more emphasis on goalies, that might yield more championships. And we said the ideal player for him would be a Tuka Rask kind of player, a really cheap, consistent goalie that's going to give him stats wins shutouts every year yeah
0: absolutely so that is a heisenberg that is his greatness there let's move on to nick in a box here and and uh, next season now nick is is a smaller sample size only really at three complete seasons here but still, within those three seasons, you do see some interesting trends uh, with with his numbers.
1: Yeah. So what's so again, he uh, with only three seasons, we'll see this with him, and then we'll see this with Mike. We don't have a, a big of enough sample size, but we can at least uh, uh, you know make some suggestions based on what we've seen. So his strong points, uh, surprisingly. Um, his goaltending is really strong because he he doesn't spend a lot of time on goaltending, but he is his median has been um, eleven for shutouts, eleven for goals against, save percentage eleven. He also does very well on shots on goals uh, and plus minus. Where is his weaknesses?
0: Well, I'm first of all I'm just shocked that Nick's numbers in goaltending over the past three seasons have been this high because he doesn't value goaltending. He's come out clearly with that and 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 he said that I think that maybe it's been the biggest ruse in 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 uh in Luke uh recent Luke history uh because his numbers are outstanding now he is struggling though in some significant categories right his goals at four his points at five these are median here uh his um, power play goals at three and power play points at five there's those, those are some some sorry significant hits there for sure
1: yeah, so it's and these are these are such important categories. And so when we flip to this year, let's yeah. look. Once again, struggling with goals, struggling with points, struggling with power play goals. Uh, he ranks number one. He only gets a one out of twelve in power play goals. But where next season is going south a bit, as well as where he had done quite well in goaltending before. Um, he's only scoring a one, a two and a three in shutout goals against yeah. a percentage respectively. Uh, so that's a total of five, six points where um, his median is 33 points in those categories. So that's a bit of an anomaly, but where is he doing well this right year?
0: Now, well, this year right now, he's doing incredibly well again with plus minus at seven. He's doing well with power play points. Those again, co- that's a coveted category. And interestingly enough, he's he's matching up his median with shots on goal for this year at 11. So he's done very well there. And that probably is translating into him being at uh, an eighth rate now because with some of those stats, with his poor goalie stats, and his, some of the poor, poor forward stats, like uh, the skating stats, with especially goals and points, um, you would almost expect him to be a bit lower.
1: Yeah. So let's uh... – so obviously, this is a guy who, who needs one of those power superstar forwards. And I, I believe he tries to address it every year. I mean, he's got Eichel, um, but it's just it hasn't worked out for him. Um, you know, he, he has tricked us with the goalies. Um, but who would be the ideal prototypical player for Nick in a Box based on his sample size?
0: He needs an Ovechkin-type player. He needs He needs some high-level superstar like Ovechkin or like a McDavid that is is scoring tons in order to shore up those categories, those key categories of goals and power play points, all of those those fun pieces uh, that he is low every year on.
1: Okay, let's rip the Band-Aid off. Uh, you're, you're up here. So I'm going to tell you a very quick story. Um, so there's a, a kid at my son's school who isn't very athletic, but all the kids had to do uh track i think in the spring so it was part of your gym mark you had to do track well doesn't this kid um he's the only one who does the 1500 therefore he wins right he wins the yeah, 1500 good for him yeah yeah and then he goes to the regional track meet because he's he actually my son said he he ran in jeans and he kept pulling his jeans up because the jeans were too big for him still won huh. so one and then he went to the regional but got in a fist fight and uh never got to run in the regional event uh, sadly but oh, what, my, my point is when we're looking at your what you do well in yeah it's relative to you it's not relative to the league it's just relative to yeah. you So we're talking talking
0: PBS it's about, that's about it. PBs that's it
1: so where we talk about you know old Blair does really well he gets a 12 and an 11 in this category or mm-hmm. studying 11 11 for you if you score a six or a seven in a category as a median that's actually considered good.
0: Yeah, because it actually is. But like just, we're not
1: lying. This is the n- truth.
0: No, like, and, and you would like you wouldn't highlight like a six as <laughs> as being super in anybody else's team, but for some reason they're highlighted green, as in like you go, guy. Uh, Brent you know you're you, it's like pat on the head you know uh, you know a for effort kind of thing and participant ribbon so yeah you might as well just rip the band-aid off on this one
1: yeah so you, you said so your your best categories um you know are assists you where you average or your median is a seven um yeah. your shorthanded points uh again is your second best category tied with shutouts where you score a six in your median, so that's for again for you. Uh, that's considered good. Um, and uh, do you want to talk about? Really, there are quite a few bad categories, but there are two that really stand out. What are two categories that really stand out?
0: Like for the super bad categories, the super yeah. bad categories are power play goals so at one and a half and shots on goal, which is surprising in some ways at two point eight. I'm I like. The power play. Well, you could have you could have made um, red on that uh, power play points as well because I'm not that far far much off of of the 1.5 or 3.5 on that. I know I've always struggled with power play goals and points, but uh, the shots on goal um, that's a little bit surprising on that one.
1: Yeah, well, I didn't want to I didn't want you to see this chart and just honestly we could have highlighted goals points. Look at
0: the ones in that category 2019, <laughs> 2020, know. 2018, 19, 15, 16, 13, 14, hokey
1: oh, smokes. Yeah, you uh you do get you can tell people that don't know anything about the pool that you rank one in many categories.
0: So this is putting into perspective why and 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 I guess context is everything into why I'm 10th. Uh, on a completely side note when you when the median score for, at the end of the season for me is 58.8 that's over 10 seasons okay
1: yes.
0: <laughs> so i how am i even how how am i even getting 10th cuz everybody knows 10th is my spot how am i even doing that especially when you look at say Blair. Let, let's go let's let's go up to 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 blair's team again just for a quick again put it into context his median You know, point total is 73.5. Nick's only three years, but his is, wow, and 98.5. That's awesome. But um, how am I even, like, finishing in 10th? This is, is, I mean, that's the success here. I I should actually be celebrating because there is absolutely no way I should be finishing 10th every year. It's why
1: I want, actually, to introduce a money prize for the 10th place person. So that people, if they're out of it, they actually try to get 10th. I think it would be. I, th- great.
0: I think it would be actually really uh, rewarding for me. <laughs> yeah.
1: so let's get back to our our topic here. So, so oh you've God. done you've done t- uh, traditionally well in assists. It's been an area you've done well in this uh-huh. year. You rank an eight in assists as of Friday. Um, mm-hmm. you no know, uh, short handed points. You have a median in six this year. You've got a six shots on goal. You're way up. Uh, that's one of your weak spots, but you're up to seven. And you your wins and your shutouts are eight and nine this year. So you've got. Had some successes. Um, yep. Where are you struggling this year?
0: Well, in, 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 and I'm struggling below my median as well, right? In power play points at three and game-winning goals at two. And again, I think pe- when people look at my team, this is somewhat of a shock because, you know, I have a fair number of players that A, shoot the puck, and B, are on the power play every night. So it it's, um, but they're not scoring. So,
1: So I've got a player for you. And so you need, you do need an uptick across the board, but really, um, uh, you know, you do well with assists and shorthanded goals. And so I'm going to pick a targeted player who doesn't really get assists in shorthanded goals, but he's somebody who helps you across shots on goals. And then he gets you all your power play stats as well. And that player is Max Pacioretty of the Vegas Golden Knights. He is the perfect kind of player for your team uh, and your blind spots and biases. You tend not to go after a player like that.
0: I don't, and like like again, I got Berger on on my team. He's kind of like kind of fits a little bit of that mold in some ways as well. He's a short handed
1: guy. See, you guys short handed. -handed. See, Yeah, yeah, I know that's the blind spot.
0: It is, I, it is the blind spot and my bias as well, which is very interesting. Moving okay. away from me, let's go to Mike. Smallest, smallest sample size, I, I'd say, but still some really interesting pieces that are coming out.
1: Yeah. So, um, again, it's a, to do a median on two seasons, um, Nick guy; he knows that this is kind of irrelevant here, but, uh, we, you know, we, we have mm. to do because Mike listens to this podcast, um. Six, Five times six or seven times a week, <laughs> we need to talk about him. So, yeah. um, so but really, his shots on goals, uh, in the first couple of seasons yep. have been strong at 7.5, done well with wins with a median of um eight. And okay. then again, because he, his first season, he was just getting to know the pool, it was a disaster. It's, it, there are many areas here that we can say he has a weakness in. Um, but let's wait a minute,
0: play. wait a minute. I'm gonna no, that stop, stop. You're saying his first season was a disaster, sure, but his median even off of that, I know statistically that is still better than mine. On,
1: it's on true, like yeah.
0: Goals, assists, oh, God.
1: It's okay, Dan. It's okay, we've moved on now. So you the, the healing starts today. Perfect. Okay, so where, so Mike, uh, his weaknesses, um, game-winning goals uh, yep. in the first two seasons did not do well there. Uh, shutouts did not do well, and goals against did not do uh, do well. So let's flip to this year. Where are a couple of categories he's doing really well in?
0: This is, and this is exciting for him because one of those is shutouts, right? So he is doing, he's 11th. He's doing exceptionally well uh, in shutouts. Uh, he's also doing exceptionally well in shorthanded points. This is, this is one he's leading the category in this. Cam Atkinson effect. Yeah, and this is the Cam, you know, the, the Cam Atkinson effect on this, and it's amazing to see him leading that. But he's still struggling in some areas, I'd say. And this is maybe a pattern with with Mike.
1: So his assists this year um, ranks a five, and again that may have changed as of yesterday. So everyone remember this is Friday's stats. Uh, power play points not good. He's only got two in power play points. And uh, his game-winning goals, which is a category he has struggled in, uh, he's only ranked five again. So uh, really an area that he needs to focus on, game-winning goals. um, But he needs to improve his goalie stats uh, based on early uh, feedback. So too small of a sample size, um, but we do need to make a a suggestion. And based on uh, those poor goalie stats, who's somebody who just every year does a great job in this pool?
0: Well, it comes back to Marc-Andre Fleury, right? This is Mr. Consistent in, in, in the pool, um, this is a player that would uh really um benefit Mike if he were to go after and, and secure. Absolutely.
1: Okay, let's go to Gibby. You were talking about your median points being at fifty eight. Let's just start off the bat. What is Gibby's median point? This is total? this is
0: okay, so again, this is a nine years, right? Are we are we talking nine year sample size right here? Is that what yeah, that decade, is? something like that, yeah? This is crazy, right? So his median point right here total is a hundred point Eight, the guy is 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 a champion right and 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 he's this is why he's always competitive in uh when it comes to draft time he's always competitive when it comes to to the season and and really he's had one maybe two blips since since the switch over uh 2015 2016 when he finished at 68 and a half and 2012 2013 when he finished at 70 points. Hey, those are winning seasons for me. Well, I should, those, season, those last are his worst season at 55. Oh, sorry. Now. 55. Oh, sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, I missed that. So like really maybe two seasons then like 2019, 2020 and, and 2015, 2016 as being, as being those blips for him. Uh, Hey, his, his worst season is not far off my median. So, this guy this guy is uh, definitely a champion.
1: So, what we see here is um, Gibby's got a bias towards two categories where you should be biased, and that's goaltending. And uh, right. uh, so, he gets elite goalies, and then his goal scorers are great. So, his green zones 8.5 in goals, nine in points, wins at 8.5, and shutouts at 9.3. Those are some fantastic numbers.
0: Yeah, absolutely, right, and, and 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 again, for the most part, fairly consistent, right? Uh, you know, there's a lot of elevens over the years in those categories for him.
1: Yeah. Uh, so again, goaltending and goal scoring, those are areas you want to be in. But surprisingly, there are two categories where um, he's got a blind spot. What are those two categories?
0: Yeah, when we take a look at uh, at his median numbers for power play points and shorthanded points at six point eight and five respectively, here, these are some blind spots that he you know needs to be at least mindful of moving forward and it looks like he's addressed one of those this season
1: yeah so his power play points where he typically is in the 6s or the 7s he's at 11 this year so he's mm-hmm. really addressed that uh, the concern, though, again, though, shorthanded points, um, he's at a six. You know, Typically, he's at a five is his median, and yep. he's at a six this year. So he has not, again, focused in on that specialty um, shorthanded point guy. On the plus side, um, you know. He's
0: Mr. Consistency when it comes to goaltending? 9.5,
1: 12, 12, 7. He's, like, right exactly where he typically um, is. And then also with his goals and his points, he's right up there. He typically gets 8.5 in goal. He's at an eight points. He's at a 9 usually. He's at a 10 this year. So very, very consistent. So we can see here that this is a goal scorer, an elite goalie kind of guy. Struggles with power play points. That's surprising, mm-hmm. but really he needs a guy who does um, some specialty work on shorthanded points as well. Um, so his ideal player
0: is, is Brad Marchand. He right? needs a Brad so,
1: Marchand type of player, absolutely.
0: So this is a this is a manager, I would say, very similar to to Blair, That that just some small tweaks here and there along the way and there's no surprise when you start breaking things this this down season after season after season um very few blind spots and these are this is translating into again him being at top of the leaderboard for sure
1: all right the next one for me this is one of the craziest because he's basically doing what he always does like uh, in terms of where he struggles and where he excels and this is uh rob kazoltak having a bit of a tough season well let's pull back the curtain and say where has has um Robka typically struggled in the pool.
0: Well, these are with kind of like those forward skating uh, goal scoring points. So, goals, assists, and points.
1: You can't and win. You cannot you win. You cannot win the Dude. pool
0: when they're four, three and a half, and four, respectively. It's not going to happen. And those are huge categories because they do translate over into other areas as well.
1: Yeah, and where he's strong is power play goals. So, it's strange. So, his, his whoever he has scores power play goals they just don't a score a lot of regular goals and his goals against is usually really good at seven and a half as well that's right. his median so goals assists, points is the red zone power play goals goals against that's where he's uh green doing well and then it's a almost carbon copy this yep. year um so he's ranking one in goals two in assists two in points so his blind spot strangely and bizarrely is um in a superstar forward, um, and where is he doing well this year?
0: Well, in his 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 well uh, categories, are the categories he's excelling in right now? Are those power play goals at nine, and his shorthanded points at ten and a half? And you know, but as we come back to that's great. You know, he's actually shown a a, a huge improvement for shorthanded points over his median of six and a, a six point three, and a, to this year right now is ten and a half. And he's he's grown in his power play goals as well from uh, seven and a half to nine right now. But those are significant drops in the goals, assists, and points as well. And you can't win. And when you look at his team, um, you've got some, like, underperformers. Like, is Zaj- it Is that right? Who nope. knows? Zabanajad. Zabanajad is not performing on his team. But Tavares is doing well. But, like, uh, there's some players in here that just haven't been able to get things going. And that explains a lot to why he's sitting where he is but if you look over over the years he's had a couple of standout seasons with goals and points but everything else is 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 right around that median for sure
1: so uh you know we've got to say he gets goalies who can stop the puck but they're not getting any wins for him so targeting a goalie on a on a better team i think will help him in the future um but really uh, it, until he addresses goals assists and points uh, he's not going to win. And quite frankly, next year, he needs to spend $500. Baby. If Connor McDavid is available, Robka yep. is the manager who needs to get Connor McDavid.
0: Yeah, he needs to break this cycle. He needs, he needs to go after the player that is consistent with goals and points and assists and power play points and all of those things that can really uh, boost him in those key categories that he has.
1: Yeah, so uh, that's Robka, Connor McDavid, man. You got to get him next year. Now, our next two guys, uh, again, they've got a large enough sample size, um, yeah. but they also haven't been here since the beginning. Uh, and that's uh, Hennessy and PMF. So we're going to have some gray areas of years that they didn't compete, but um, let's talk about um, Hennessy right now. Hennessy's similar to Robka in that his season is mirroring. Um, his traditional median in many of the categories. So let's talk about the good first with uh, with Hennessy. What are three categories that he does really well in?
0: Well, he is excelling in plus-minus game-winning goals and wins, uh, goalie wins. So here he has eight and plus-minus nine, 9.8 in game-winning goals and a median of 9.5 uh, for wins. Those are some big, hefty numbers, and that's great to see. But he's also struggling in some other key other areas as well. So when we look at his median numbers, he's three and three point eight in assists, right? That's a category that's a huge struggle. Uh, a four in goals against, and a two and a half in save percentages. And I'll tell you, those those um, are some big hits, and those are some low numbers.
1: For sure. And um, you know, when we look at this season, so uh, if I just go across the statistical categories. His weakness is assists again. So he's right where 3.8 typically. is at a 3.5. Yep. Plus minus, he's strong. He's actually right at an 8 where he typically yep. is. Yep. Um, power play goals, he's very consistent at a 7.5. Game winning goals, he's up there again. Yep. The one category that is different this year is his wins, which is surprising given he's got... Uh, the Nashville guys who should have done better, but the whole team is terrible. He's got Carter Hart. We've talked about his goaltending. Um, yeah, he's
0: struggling really. Big. Yeah, but he
1: he only ranks a three in wins, where typically he's at a nine point five. But his goals against and his save percentage are horrible. Uh, they're respectively one and one, uh, and that's where he struggled traditionally as well. So um, when we so look let's at, put yeah. yeah,
0: sorry, sorry, just let's put his season in context because this is he's not kind of used to this. Right. He's got, again, had a couple of blips here and there, his medium points, smaller sample size given, but still is 81. And he's sitting, um, he's sitting in, 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 the bottom right now. And this is not, a, you know, even though he had a big jump, but this is not a, a spot that he's traditionally uh, kind of used to.
1: No, not at all. And um, you know, uh, he's at uh, 58 or whatever, but and then half, he was yeah. 53. So uh, a couple changes in these categories, but really not enough to say that uh The season has been successful for him. Um, You know, so he he does well in some of the specialty categories, plus minus game winning goals. Those are types of categories that help you elevate you to win the pool. Um, Assists are an ongoing issue, but when we look at the goals against and save percentage, it's killing him yearly. So we're going to say again, an ideal kind of player is a player that wins a lot of games with elite defensemen. And that player is Andre Vasilevsky, that type of elite goalie, which we thought he had in Carter Hart, and maybe he does have in Carter Hart. Who knows? But if not, he needs to go out and target very specifically at the draft or through a trade um, one of these types of goalies.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to be making that type of a recommendation for a manager who has, you know, Rene Saros and Hart on his team. But it has not been a good season at all for for those goalies. Uh, Big-time struggles uh, for sure that have translated into poor performance for our pal Hennessy.
1: All right, over to uh, PMF. He has one extra season for sample size. He came in 2013-14. Hennessy came in uh, a year later. Um, So, uh, you know, we're looking at he has a median score of 75. So he's done quite well in the pool. That's a really solid median score. Um, take us through uh, two categories that he does really well in.
0: Yeah, so these two categories that he's actually excelling nicely in, this is his points in terms of median score of 7, and and shots on goal um, at a real beefy 10, right? So these are categories that, that traditionally he has done incredibly well in. Uh, and you know what? On the points side, for 2010, he's, he's actually being, again, Mr. consistent actually outperforming his median. He's got a 9
1: yeah and um so for sure he's consistent in his points that he he gets those big points uh when he needs them from his players his weakness has always been plus minus so he's one of those guys that doesn't focus on plus minus which is important and shorthanded points so two real specialty categories in plus minus he's ranked a three shorthanded points he's, he's his median is a two um You know, if he can get those up to a six, seven or eight, then Mm -hmm. he's he's winning more than one championship if he focuses in on those categories. So let's flip to twenty, twenty one, twenty two. You already talked about points. Um, He's he's doing a bit better than what he, he usually does, but that's an area of strength. But once again, what's his plus minus score this year?
0: Well, like when you look at plus minus, it's 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 he's the lowest. He is a one, so right, his median median score is a three. he's he's really struggling in this category, and this may be a real big factor for him remaining cont- competitive, staying in the money or even winning the pool. Who knows?
1: yeah, well, he's done better in, in shorthanded points is that a six versus a a two is his typical his median. goals
0: have jumped up for sure too. Yeah. I mean, that comes back to when you when you're having. Uh, You know, Goudreau and Nyland are playing really, really, really well. Um, And even Backstrom, like, have you seen his point total is crazy right now. And that's great to see. But it's not going to be enough if he can't get that plus minus up.
1: No, so let's, um, it's obvious he pays little attention to plus minus and shorthanded points. That's his blind spot uh, when it comes to the pool, the draft and trading. Um, You know, but... uh, We believe a targeted player for him when you're looking at these two categories is really simple. We just talked about a Boston guy with um, uh, Aiden's team and which Boston guy would be ideal for PMF.
0: This is Bergeron, right? This is is the player that is going to be able to address some of those key categories for him, for sure, long-term. And it's one, I think, that kind of gets overlooked with the other two Boston guys, right? You know, everybody talks about the other two. That are on that line. Is there a Berger, better?
1: Yeah. Is there a better player though in fantasy sport for plus I, minus and shots on goal? He's a listen, beast.
0: Well, and it's or amazing.
1: Points, sorry, plus minus and shorthanded points is what I meant to say.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So right now he's got you know he's he, his shorthanded points, his plus minus. He's he is one of those players again when you're talking about consistent, and I think he gets overlooked at the draft. What did he go for this year? Uh, let me just under hundred bucks, I think. Uh, where was he drafted for? Hang on. Uh, I don't even know what he was drafted for. Oh, yeah. sixty three dollars. Sixty three dollars. That player, and that's a player that I think everybody has some sort of a blind spot to.
1: Well, everyone knows he's good. It's just, it's just who who gets. I think this year people thought, and everyone was saying that he's, you know he's getting older and it's going to slow yeah. down his uh, his Oof. point total, but he's. Uh, You know, he's doing it again, but that line is just amazing. All right, let's go to our final four here. Uh, We're going to talk to somebody who's struggling this year, and that's Gump, the Cutlass Supremes. His median score is 70. He does quite well. Overall, in the pool, with yeah, a he does actually. But there are mm-hmm. three there are three categories that he really struggles in, and two that he does quite well. in. let's talk about the positive first. What are two categories that he typically does well in?
0: He does really, really well in assists and shorthanded points. So his median score in assists is a seven, and in shorthanded points, it's an eight. And again, these are categories he is Mr. Consistent along the way, usually hitting in and around around those levels. But he is he's struggled. Um, and a couple of other key categories that kind of take away that shine and luster from the success in shorthanded points and assists.
1: Goals plus minus power play goals. He's in the mid threes is his median score typically. Uh, such important categories, right? So uh, that's an area he really needs to focus on. And when we flip to this year again, uh, goals plus minus power play goals. he's got a two in goals. A 5.5 and plus minus, a 2 in power play goals. And then where he usually excels in shorthanded points at a median of 8, he's down to a 2 this year. Um, so a real tough uh, a real tough slug, but there's also obviously some biases where he is not, or blind spots, I'm sorry, where he is not honing in on the players he needs to hone in. What's the one uh, positive category for Gump this year?
0: Hey, he's a superstar when it comes to shutouts. Right, he's sitting at a nine with shutouts. So that's amazing, um, and that and that gives an indication that that there may be managers still sniffing around for Gump to make some good rebuild rebuilding deals uh, for him for next season. Right, so uh, there's a lot of positives still in this for him when you take a look at what he does. He can rebuild around um, his his strengths, but he's got to recognize some of those blind spots and biases.
1: So he needs some goals. He needs plus minus. He needs power play goals. And there are several players that can fill that category. Uh, but give me one player that comes to mind with him.
0: And he falls back on to this two in a row that are coming on on uh, from the whispers here. And this is a Nathan McKinnon type player, right?
1: This is where a Nathan McKinnon type player makes all the difference in a league, and uh, the Cutlass Supremes could certainly um, use him. And actually, our next guy is going to benefit from a player that you have uh, as well. But when we look at um, successes, very few managers uh, can uh, compare to the Stittsville Raccoons. Um, you know, he's got so many green areas um, in in his categories for medians, but let's take a look at. Four major categories that he does really well, and he's going to be surprised. He actually thinks he does not do well typically in one of these categories, so um, he's not expecting this. But assists he does really well, he averages 9.5, power play goals, and power play points, nine and ten, respectively. And then shots on goal, he typically his median score is a nine, so those are really really solid numbers.
0: Yeah, they're huge numbers, and again, this is all comes back to him, it's translating into a median to- uh. Points total of 98.8. So the guy is, is, again, ultra competitive every single year. That's a high, you know, median total to be running with. But it's dragged down by some two, I would say at least two key areas, one being plus minus with a three and a half and the other being shutouts with a 5.8.
1: Yeah. So he, that was the area when I told him what this category was going to be, or he texted me saying he was looking forward to it. He identified plus minus as an area of uh, perpetual struggle. And if we look down that plus minus category, you know, we see a lot of ones and twos and threes. Yeah.
0: Like there's some big time, like, you know, you don't have to go far back. 2016, 2017 is a one, 2015, 2016 is a two, a one in 14, 15, a one in 11 and 12. Um, and he has never really, except for there's a really outlier year, year here 2010, 2011 when he had he was not he had nine nine points in that. He has never gone gotten past a six, right? And that's a hard category for him, um, and that's a major blind spot for him.
1: For sure. So let's flip to this year because he's having a lot of success once again. Assists, he's scoring a 12, uh, power play points that he always does well in. He's got a 10. Shots on goal, he's at a 12. Um, and then he's doing well in a couple of goalie categories. Uh, he's kind of hitting above his, his typical weight here with 11 and 12 in goals against and save percentage. Yeah, that's amazing. So good for he's him. the plus minus, where he's typically 3.5. He's at a 9. The flip side is his power play goals have not, uh, his goals have not equated to power play goals because he only has 4.5 in, in power play goals. And um, shorthanded points, he's struggling. Points with. Is,
0: he's struggling. in But but if we come back to that one outlying year of you know nine points in 2010 2011 we can actually see a pattern start emerging here for 2020 2021 10 years later hit this season maybe mirroring that season from uh 10 years ago where he finished with 124 points he's got a you know uh what has he got right now because this is a little bit it was not 114 it's somewhere around
1: there though i think
0: (laughs) but i'll tell you right now he's matching up in key categories along the way there uh, this is this is uh, incredible for him. And and, and I think it's, it's going to be something um, for him to kind of follow and track if he can if he can mirror the success he had in 2010, 2011. He may be able to, to to repeat here come 2020, 2021.
1: So, we're going to look at one category for him, and that's the plus minus category that seems to always be a, a, a problem. So, otherwise, really, he's doing quite well uh, from a median score every year. Um, but, uh, Braden Point, another one of your guys, you know, he yep. that guy is like plus 30, plus 40, plus 35 every year. Um, and he does well in the other categories. He's not a superstar in the other categories, but this would be a very targeted smart pickup for uh for Rob for sure. A Braden Point type of player on a superstar team where the goal differential is really strong.
0: Absolutely. Right. And you know, this is a guy again, he's not he's not your Kucherov on the team, but he's almost a point a point of game kind of player right now. So Definitely somebody, that's three of my players in a row. I'm, I think I'm taking the hint here is, is start, sell, sell, sell.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize I was doing that. <laughs> let's get, we won't focus on your team anymore. Woo. Let's get on to uh, Doug. So we're not going to ask for any of your players anymore. Um, so let's go to the Whiskey Dick Van Dyke show. And we've got three categories that he typically does well in, three categories that he typically struggles in, and his season seems to be mirroring these categories once again. So where does he do well?
0: Oh, he does incredibly well when it comes to power play goals at seven shutouts at 7.3 and goals against at seven right kind of no surprises on those kind of categories he's he's always in the mix with there he's had some really outstanding seasons when it comes to goalie stats you know you look at last year he 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 was just an absolute beast and even the year before that at 2018 2019 is just he it, 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 that that's not a shocker to me to see some of those high goalie goalie stat numbers there as well, but he has struggled and continues to struggle in three big categories.
1: Yep. Specialty points here, power play points, shorthanded points and shots on goal 4.55 and five is where he typically, um, falls and we flipped to this year and he's got a four in power play points, a six in shorthanded points, a two in shots on goal. So, uh, you know, if he, hones in on these on these because it's again yeah. this is a blind spot for him um and he does have a bias towards his goaltenders and does quite well and i think it's because his eldest son jakes is an up-and-coming superstar goalie this could be the absolutely lot of this i i think
0: there's i think you figured it out i think you 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 have uh found that connection for success i mean he has a good respectable median score total point score of 78.3 um, a couple seasons that he's really struggled early on, kind of piece. But he's, you know, the last the last uh, three seasons, he's been over over 110 points, and that's pretty remarkable. So, this is a manager who needs to target specific players, and one of those is who.
1: I'm going to say uh, Sebastian Ajo is a perfect player. Power play points, shorthanded points, shots on goal. This is one of those specialty players. He is like a younger version of Patrice Bergeron and could end up taking that, um, the mantle from him as the go-to guy for these specialty points. So if I was Doug in the future, yeah. I would be targeting a Sebastian Ajo kind of player.
0: Yeah, his game kind of mirrors mine as well.
1: Sebastian Ajo or uh, Doug's or in general. Sebastian Ajo. Well, that's true. You used to, when we played Friday hockey, you were a shorthanded point specialist.
0: Special. I was a specialist in a lot of categories.
1: Does it count as a shot on goal when you score and it goes off of your shin pad? Because you were good at that when it would accidentally hit you and go in.
0: Well, I was really good at standing in front of the net and people wringing them off my head and then going in.
1: Stand, you were the, standing. You were falling in front of the net, and then it would hit and you. I, and it was like Yeah. Train, it, yeah. yeah. Low corner That's screen. Okay. You were a low corner That's screen. To get I
0: was really, really, really good at that.
1: Yep. So, yeah. You would yep. go into the turtle position as well, or or into the fetal position when uh, a shot would be taken. So often it would hit it would hit your pants. Yeah. One went off of your, your elbow pad mm-hmm. once, top corner back yeah. It's, yeah it's actually called deflections you were you were a deflection specialist yeah
0: I, and, and, and that's why people wanted me on their team
1: we did i mean i mean
0: you always say the best for last anyways and my stick was always the last one that was pulled out of the middle right and and that was like it was an honor to, to be that because you, you do save the best for last that way
1: remember yeah. how brownie used to come in and tell you what color you were wearing they would match people up yeah, we kind of knew like so when he would he was a good player so he would always match you with him he was like we're playing it was it,
0: it was it was amazing yeah because I I never actually played on his team he always had me playing on the opposite time, team because I think he he enjoyed the challenge of going up against me
1: I think that's probably the reason as well remember how mad he used to get if his team didn't win oh. he would always stack us anyways okay so yeah that's good <laughs> last one last one is uh is me and uh, yeah, this let's... is epic.
0: this is this is interesting and like so before we even start. We've, we've, we've had some, and I got to give your props and I know it's 2016, 2017, really helping those beefy, beefy numbers here when it comes to a median, uh, uh, season point total, but man, at 105.8 as a median season, like you're again, a perennial champion pains me to say it, but the numbers don't lie when you're, when you're talking about a manager who has a median over 10 seasons a uh, uh, season point total of 105.8. Holy moly.
1: I'll take it, but it uh, makes me sad when I look at 92 points this year. So which we'll try to improve. Okay. So let's talk. I've got, it's uh, so clear that I have a blind spot. Um, let's talk about my First, Where am I good at?
0: You're exceptionally well when it comes, you do an exceptionally well when it comes to some really key categories, right? Your goal goals is a 10. Uh, Your power play goals is a 9.8. Your power play points is 10.5. And your shorthanded points is 9.8. These are like, again, highly coveted categories that uh, translate into your success. And there has been very few years. This is exceptional. This has been very few years where you see, you know, you're not eight and above in some of those categories, right? And if even if you're low in one of those categories, you're super high in the other. So, for example, 2010, 2011, you were a two in shorthanded points, but you're, you're sitting at 10 at power play points. You know, so some of these play off each other very nicely in some ways in terms of building a, a successful season. Uh, you have a way of finding some sort of balance, a balance to that your deficits uh, to your assets, right? And 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 for a business type person, you would really like that analogy. I do uh, I
1: do lots of uh yeah, balance sheets and income statements for my team. So let's go but uh, the my goals against and save percentage are horrific, 6.5 and 5.5. So clearly I don't I am I actually do what Nick says. He does yes. and I don't spend any sort of time on goals, which is then when we go to this year's draft. When I went on my goalie streak of, of yep. buying so many goalies for so much money, uh, yeah. you know, it makes no sense at all. It was out of character. I got excited. We were sitting on the park bench.
0: And that really hasn't translated into, into yeah, your success. Garbage. No.
1: So let's, uh, let's go to this here. So, uh, again, my goals are doing well. I've got 11 goals. Typically, I score 10. Uh, my plus minus is actually really strong. I'm at a 12, or that's usually one of my blind spots. On the,
0: six and a half right for median on that so that's a massive jump
1: yeah on the flip side though where I usually Oosh. do well in in power play goals power play points I'm not doing well I get a three in power play goals a six in power play points and then but my uh goals against the save percentage suck five and five
0: yeah and this is again you're struggling when it comes down to it but I, it makes me wonder does it that does that actually matter in some cases yeah you're sitting you're sitting at, at uh you know a 92 and a half uh, point total for this season right now, I expect, you know, you're going to be trying to get another trade going, being competitive, trying to shore up some of those categories that you're struggling in, like power play goals, right? I'm sure you're you're, you're hunting down on power play goals and trying to get some game winning goals going as well. Um, it's interesting to see your goal total being so high this year but your power play goal is, is so, your goals count is so low. That's an interesting one. You should dig a little bit further into that. Well, but I made
1: some of the trades, It's but it's perplexing to me as well. And that's why I think I need to be a little bit patient for a bit because if I'm scoring a lot of goals, eventually some of those goals will be on the power play and some will be game-winning goals. So I'm, that's really, I mean, it's not a strategy. Everyone's trying to get those, but I'm banking on that happening. If it does, I think I could potentially push into the money. I don't think I can catch uh, our number one guy, but I could at least potentially be relevant. But those categories are key for me. My goaltending is is guard.
0: Yeah, and those those that, that that category of power play goals is super tight right now. There's you're you're sitting with fifteen right there. The worst team in the league um has twelve right and the best team's running away with it at 32 but everybody's log jammed in around 19 17 type of pieces here so there's going to be a lot of movement in that category if you're patient let's see but that means other managers can also be doing a lot of movement too that could take away from you getting some of those key points there but you are struggling when it comes to goalies uh there is an ideal player in mind here and that's a Connor haliback uh for sure um I don't know if uh, it's in your cards to go out and try to secure goaltending of that caliber of that level for this season. um, Because I think you have a strong bias against goaltending.
1: I do. And I don't like spending a lot of money on them at the draft. So I I do think this will continue to be a blind spot for me and I will um, forever have a bias towards uh, some of these uh, bigger names that, that score me goals and get me points. So, um, you know, we do have a summary chart. I don't think we need to go through it because we went through the median score for uh, for everyone. And I don't want to go back to uh, – I will say this. You in the 10 years in uh, ESPN are the only manager to have a median score in the 50s. How does that feel?
0: No, I think actually we have to spend some time on this. It's well worth it. Like. If someone if someone has listened to the uh, basically to this point, they're not going to matter. It's not going to the five extra minutes is not going to matter. So I think no, it's actually well the record. We're it's, we're at a hundred uh, what what uh, an hour and fourteen minutes right Yeah. So the extra couple minutes is not going to matter. When I look at when I look at this 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 is more telling than anything because when you're comparing yourself against your friends your colleagues your peers here and my goodness I mean uh, 105.8 average uh you know season total for you compared and then let's just run down then Gibby is at 100.8. then comes the raccoons at 98.8 Can I stopped then- it for a sec yeah
1: this what this um, podcast has done for me when I was doing the research is it, um, I think some of the luster came off of Gibby. He's he's struggled uh, for a couple of years. And yeah. you forget for a moment just how dangerous he's been for the majority of this pool. And everyone has yeah. these blips. And I think he had his blip. But for him to average 100 or not average, his median is 100.8 points a year. It just shows you what a strong manager he is. And not far behind him, as you said, is his arch nemesis, the Raccoons, with his median score of 98.8, um, who's our fourth guy.
0: Yeah, coming. I, I've always recognized Gibby as being completely lethal in this pool when it comes to that, and, and warm as well. But our next guy is Nick. You know what I mean? Nick's just kind of getting going here. Sample size is small. He's ninety eight point five points, but you see trends enough to know that he is a competitive manager. Then Hennessy, uh, then there's a big jump right down, right? So there's a big separation here, right? Hennessy at eighty one uh, Bowlby at 78.3 PM. At 8, 70.
1: So Hennessy is, yeah, Hennessy's had some good years. We forget again, because Bowlby's having, this year is a bit of a blip, but Bowlby has been our most dominant manager. Really. He's money did in, in the last three years. Yeah. Some, some real tough years before that. That's why he's at 78.3 uh, uh, PMF at 75. Um, has been quite strong uh, throughout, mm-hmm. and like Doug Heisenberg had some really disastrous seasons as well. His median score is seventy three point five, and I, I think back, I think there was like three seasons that really killed him uh, to bring him down to that seventy three point five. Who's after Heisenberg?
0: Well, then, you, then you, you know it's Gump, right? And like Gump is having a bad season. No one's going to 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 argue that but you know with a median of 70 it's it's uh, he's sitting he's sitting in a in a spot where he can definitely grow from year to year uh, then we get into Zol, uh Robka at uh, 69.3 Mike our newest manager at 64 and, and that, that's again, that's the end of the show folks that's it
1: that's yeah, that's well and again that's Mike's <laughs> sample size at, at you know he has he finishes last in his first year so there's really no way his median's going to be good and then Uh, the dishonorable mention of all dishonorable mentions. Good God. You've been here since the start of ESPN and at 58.8 median score, I think we can say with certainty that you don't know how to play fantasy sports. Or
0: I am at very least the worst uh, manager of Luke in Luke history. Uh, this is, yeah, maybe should switch over to fantasy cricket or something, but maybe more success
1: at the end of the day, this is about enjoyment and you enjoy what you enjoy and I love it. (laughs) We can having fun and, uh, the pool would not be the same, uh, without watching the adventures of your team because every year it's so exciting. We think this is the year that the careless whisperers will break through and deep down everyone wants to, but then they want you to finish second. I think everyone really wants you to finish second and one day it will happen. Statistically it must, it must happen one day
0: eventually one day it's a it's a complete my team i thought was pretty good uh it's a complete enigma uh to me Uh, that probably explains why i have an average season point total of 58 uh, or uh, yeah 58.8 this is awesome uh i'm embracing this i love this pool i love the fact that i lose every year i lose in colossal and in new ways in creative ways Mm -hmm. uh that's the other thing that i really love But I love seeing, I love seeing, and hopefully I love seeing new people win. I love seeing new people uh, having success and hopefully one day it won't be this year, but maybe next year, it's always next year, right? I'll be one of those new people that will be able to uh, lift the Keith Primo cup.
1: So that's it. That is blind spots and biases. It's a nice ending uh, for you. I I like that.
0: Uh, what What are we doing next week? What's 71? It's crazy we've done 70 of these, by the way.
1: I know. Isn't it insane? I'm I, As we were doing this, I was thinking I, maybe we need to focus on NHL teams next week. So we've done a, a pretty good deep dive into managers now. I think people need a break from managers. We've done some players. Yeah. I think maybe we need to look at the NHL teams where players are really going for it this year. Maybe some of the surprise teams and then some of those teams that people are avoiding. We did this a similar type thing a few years ago, and Nashville was the team. Everyone loved Nashville players. That's right. Um, so I think going back and seeing what has changed in you know the last twelve or twenty four months, what teams are really hot in terms of uh, you know managerial interest, and what teams have really cooled off in terms of who we're going after, I think that might be a fun one.
0: Oh, that would be an awesome one. So on that note, everyone. That is episode 70, Blind Spots and Biases. We will see you back here next week for 71. See you, fellas.